0: Over 30 years of serving the Arizona homeowner. 14 years in a row ranking Arizona's best referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Protecting you,
1: informing you, and educating you. It's Rosie on the House. And the 9 o'clock hour, our On the House hour, we spend the hour talking about something physically on your home, castle, or cabin, and occasionally landscape as well. If you get our weekly email newsletter, you know today we're talking plumbing. And to do that, we've got Brandon Williams of Day and Night Plumbing and Air in studio with us today. If you've got plumbing issues, plumbing questions, plumbing quotes, plumbing anything, one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's 1888 Rosie for you. We also have uh, text during the broadcast at four one one nine two three, Or you can email info at rosyonthehouse.com if you'd like to. Need a picture uh, to send along for, uh, actually no, no, not not in plumbing. Do not send us plumbing no pictures. pictures. And this this <laughs> no. category is exempt <laughs> from pictures. You can text or call only, no visuals. Uh, but real quick, before we get into, Rosie's got some fun plumbing history, but Brandon, let's talk about your background first. You started uh, at age 15, so you've been doing this, you know, a, a few years? Yeah,
2: a little bit uh again started at about age 15 really it was just helping uh summer school kind of thing but without the school part it was more uh grand granddad ha- had a business here in the valley and he was like yeah we're going to teach you how to dig ditches so that way you don't want to dig ditches and that's uh, a
3: smart grandpa <laughs>
2: 27 years later i'm still here digging <laughs> ditches
1: <laughs> and when you say this is 15 mm-hmm. when people ask me how long i've been doing this i'm like well do you want to know how long I've been doing it or how long I've been paid to do it? Those are two different things in a family business. Yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, paid to do it would be 17 years old. Okay. Um, again, working summers. Uh, and then I just kind of really liked working with my hands. I liked the, the process of trying to figure things out with the guys that were teaching me. Um, and to be honest, I, I really liked the attaboy at the end, you know, you did a good job. Thank you. You know, all those different things just encouraged me to want to keep coming back. Um, and then I just started coming back more and more and more. And then I remember my grandfather kind of asking me like, don't you have school to go to, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah. Um, at some point and pretty much he was like, yeah, go get your D or, or your high school diploma and don't come back until you do. Um, again, trying to force me towards the school thing. And, uh, Got my GD, came
1: back, and, and the rest is history. And you've been doing that, you know, when you say your grandfather's, that was, you know, right here in Phoenix, what Glendale area? Uh,
2: actually, Maryville area. Maryville? Yeah. So um, he owned a plumbing company here in the uh, Maryville area. Um, back then, I thought it was the biggest thing ever, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was really young. Um, but, yeah, right here in the West Valley, right here
3: in Phoenix, Arizona. Well, Arizona homeowners. Those of you who have been listening to the show for us, have been on now 35 years, know plumbing is not Rosie's strength. So if I, if, if, if you have stumped me in the past with a plumbing question, consider this your hour, your day with a plumber. Brandon Williams is here to answer any question you might have about plumbing. He's unstumpable. one 767 4348 Now, Brandon, do you know how lucky you are being a plumber in the 22nd century? No, tell me. Do you have, do you want me to read you? I have a time card here from a plumber from Paris from 1410. (laughs) Yes, please. Plumbing plumbing in the 15th century was a lot different. (laughs) I, I can imagine. Okay. The king of France had a padded seat commode. It had an air circulation system and it was built over a fireplace chimney, so everything was always warm. But someone needed to tend to the products resulting from his seating session. Uh, They would be removed by a tradesman called Monsieur Fifi. (laughs) And that, that's how he filled out his time card. I'm emptying the solids from the King of France's commode, from the padded seat, just above the fire that I have lit and have to keep lit. for the. Now, Aren't you glad you're a plumber I, now?
2: I'm also glad we're not getting any pictures. <laughs> man,
3: oh, man.
2: I,
1: I, I don't know, but I bet if you dig further into that story... The saying, blowing smoke up your rear end, has something to do with <laughs> with, you, with this we, king of we, France's commode.
3: Absolutely. You know absolutely. That may, but there are certain milestones. You know, Rome and all of its aqueduct actually had fresh water supply and wastewater disposal that was pretty well engineered. Yeah. And then with the fall of Rome, the rest of Europe thought a lot of it was that decadence and all the bathing that Romans did, they thought was... Kind of illicit, so bathing fell out of fashion. Sanitation fell out of fashion. And then we had this thing called the Black Plague, wiped out one third the population of the continent. And somebody figured out, well, maybe sanitation is, uh, maybe, maybe there's more to it than we realize. So the art of plumbing, uh, I could never learn plumbing uh, because I can't I can't picture the difference between a three eighths ID and a three sixteenths OD.
2: -hmm. Yep, can be hard over time. Over over time, it gets used to feel. Oh
3: man, oh man, oh man. I mean, the parts you guys have to have. I like pulling up on a job and having a bull float, a couple trowels. Yeah, (laughs) let's get some concrete done. You know, my whole tool investment here is about twelve hundred dollars and got no inventory. It shows up in a batch truck, pours it out, and we get after it. So that's the reason I never did take a uh, liking to the discipline of plumbing but I'm glad you did and I'm glad you're here and we've got callers loading up the line now one 767 4348 this is your shot to get a plumbing question from Rosie on the house that's an unusual opportunity
1: and before we get to our lines our article today talks through all the different elements of a plumbing inspection and let's Let's hit the first one of those. You've got the the pipes. You have your supply and your drain pipe. When you guys are doing a plumbing inspection, what do you? Let, let's start obviously with uh, where it comes from, the supply side.
2: Yeah, the supply side is going to be fresh water, right? Um, so we don't definitely don't want them crossing, you know. The... <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but the and, fresh. Go ahead. And where does it become yours? It becomes yours usually at your city meter. So most people will have a water meter in their front or backyard. Um, once it passes through that meter, it's yours. everything on the other side of it, the water pipe inside of the ground all the way up throughout the house. Um, so once it passes through that meter, it technically it, it's yours. It's your job to uh, clean the water um,
1: and uh, keep and tend to any of those pipes within that system. And from the supply side, it comes to the house and generally speaking, on an older one, you know everything, you know, that, that gets laid, all the pipes, supply and drain, before any concrete slab comes out.
2: Yeah. So when they're even when they're developing the the area for, for growth, uh, they're putting water lines in the city street, bringing it up to those meters. And then, again, you know, we're digging all that stuff up. We're the first ones in and the last ones out because we are putting pipes underneath the home. And then we're putting pipes in the walls. And at the very end, we're putting all the faucets, the things you see and you use
1: every day. So first
2: ones in, last ones out.
1: I've never heard it put that way, but yes, you're absolutely correct. Now, that's one thing I would change in the design of a home because over the course of time, the the drain and supply lines you know, need to be replaced, and it's underneath your concrete slab. Now, I get that they're trying to go the shortest distance so you have the most water pressure because you have the least amount of elbows, and a lot of the new piping today is going to last longer than a lot of our older stuff that we were using, but I would go around the perimeter? Because most of your plumbing fixtures in the home are are very close to the outside walls.
2: Well, it depends on the home. Uh, I would say over the last 10 to 15 years, they have transitioned from putting the water lines underneath the home and started putting those into the walls in the attic area for that reason. Um, Not only that, the availability of plastic pipe, which is much cheaper than copper um, and and well put together, it, it can last years. But the sewer lines—they're going to be under the home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's no way, you know, stuff goes downhill, <laughs> so.
1: That's true. You, you don't want to pump that up and out. But, um, and, and what I don't like about going through the walls in the attic is if there's ever a leak. So now you got all this water, starting on top and coming down and saturating your entire, you know, your drywall, your insulation, your your plumbing, you know, or or your framing on the interior.
2: I, I, I get that and I understand that. But imagine if we didn't have it. Oh, no. Absolutely. (laughs) So we can't worry about every every single thing. You know, if we did, it'd be like watching bad stuff every single day. (laughs) Um, Again, if it's installed correctly, it should last years. And when I say years, 25 is the average life expectancy of a normal pipe. So if you're getting 25, 30 years out of something, you're doing really well.
1: And a lot of new homes are piped up through the attic because it's a lot cheaper and a lot less intrusive than having to cut up concrete and go underground to replace those supply lines. Absolutely. You know, in the study of homes,
3: uh, indoor plumbing was actually a hard sell when it first started uh, because the affluent people thought, why would you sit and do that underneath the same roof that you sleep, you cook, and you eat? Indoor plumbing didn't catch on really, really quick. Uh, It took a lot of engineering up until the 18th and 19th century to develop into a way where it was considered acceptable. But you can't imagine not having it today. Uh, I understand a third of the world, a half the world still does not have it. But as an American citizen, it's hard to believe you wouldn't have it. Shall we jump to the first call before break or we're going to have to go to break first? We're going to have to go to break, but we have Carla, Cindy, and an open line for you at one 767-4348. Like I say, this is your chance to get your plumbing answer uh, at Rosie on the House. And we are talking to Brandon Williams, service plumber and field supervisor for day and night air and plumbing. Rosie certified plumbing and air conditioning contractor serving the greater Maricopa County area.
1: Now let's finish. So once the water comes from the city, this on the supply side, it hits the front of our home generally. Sometimes it can be off the back, but most of them come off the front. It breaks off, and we've got a line that goes to the irrigation. But on our home, it first goes to, you know, what what, what would you call that area where you've got the water softener or the ability to add a water softener and then the water heater? Is that like your water transport hub, distribution hub? You know, that
2: <clears throat> that's a tough one. The water really does go in, it can go in anywhere inside of the house. Uh, and depending on when your house was built, um, the best description I can give you is water lines kind of look like a spider web and they tee off of each other and they kind of connect everywhere um, unless the home was specifically designed for a water softener to have a loop where all of your water passes through that filtration system and then feeds the house um, it's going to look like a big spider web. So that design either has to have been there or it needs to have it created so that way you can put a good filtration system in that will filter all the water as it passes through into the home. So that's a good
1: question. And then from there, it breaks out to the water heater. And the water heater line, that usually, the water heater and the uh, hot and cold lines generally run together to where, you know, is there any point other than your kitchen refrigerator line that the water, that the hot water is not going to the same place that the cold water well the toilet too <laughs> yeah
2: yeah I was trying to think of that well you have a couple of them you have the kitchen the refrigerator the kitchen refrigerator the toilet pool fillers um, sprinkler lines none of those will be no hot water by them um, and some of those won't have softened or conditioned water to them as well because no one wants to put you know, Condition, or softened water into their sprinkler system, right? You don't want to add salt and water the flowers
1: with that. Well, it'd be an expensive way to uh, yeah, absolutely to, to operate your water treatment filtration system. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, well, we'll get to valves next because that's what happens uh, next when it gets to any station. We've got a valve uh, for distribution, but we've got basically every line loaded. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie, for you, as we clear a call, you can jump on the line, and even if you don't get live on the air, we can take some calls during the break, we can take some during top of the hour news. If you call in and you get in, we will get your question answered today. Carla, first on the line, first on the air, welcome to the program, as you're obviously out and about today. I am. I pulled over for you, though.
4: Thank you for taking my call, Rosie. Well,
1: thank you for pulling over. Safe driving habits. Good job. We're going to reward you for that. Go ahead with your question.
4: Um, so I own, my home was built in the 1950s. I owned it for over a decade now, but I've got a cast-iron bathtub in the guest bathroom, and the overflow spout has rusted off of the tub itself. So my question is, can I get this repaired, or do I just need to replace it altogether?
2: Good question. Um I would have to actually see it and the reason why is some of those older homes are usually block or brick homes. Um, If that drain backs up to an outside wall that would normally be block or brick from that era, uh, it would be really hard to access that plumbing behind the bathtub to just replace the waste and overflow. Um, If there's drywall behind it, let's say it backs up to a bedroom or something like that, then we can access. Um, through the drywall or plaster in that situation, and we can get to those pipes and, and replace just the pipes versus removing the entire tub.
4: Okay, well, actually, you guys were my next phone call because uh, I had a friend recommend day and night.
2: That, that's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Well, your friend is obviously very smart, and maybe if not, uh, Rosie on the House listener, uh, a very diligent homeowner. If you would like to get a hold of day and night during the week, uh, 623-455-5825 uh, for, like you said, your your next call. We appreciate it. We'll get Brandon out there. That would be a fun follow-up on Brandon. When you're done, uh, you know, take a few pictures and of, of the before and after, and we could put this on the archive page kind of as a follow-up to, s- can, you know, finish the cycle. What did ultimately have to happen for Carla? Because, you know... There's a lot of homeowners that probably in this similar situation or have had, will be going through that sometime in the near future. I'd love to do that. Let's get to Cindy next on the line, calling with an air hammer. Welcome to the program. Hi. Good morning, Thank Cindy. Thank
4: you guys so much uh, for being there. Uh, my problem is I'm having a water hammer from a irrigation valve, but it's only the one irrigation valve in the front of the house, about 10, 20 feet from the backflow. I had the house replumbed about eight years ago with copper. The piping goes up and on my flat roof and such, but it's only the first irrigation valve. And I tried to drain the air out of, by leaving the other two valves open. And it seemed to be fine for a couple of days, but it's now back.
2: Okay, how long has this been going on? And
4: it will, it will shake the pipes on top of the roof. <laughs>
2: How long has it been going on?
4: Um, oh, a long time, about a, a year maybe or so.
2: Okay, is, is and I, mm-hmm. well there's a bunch of questions I would ask. The first one I would start with if I was out at your home right now is I would put a pressure gauge on the water system and find out what the water pressure is. Um, water pressure can definitely affect things like that. Um, and then I would find out if that valve is on a bubbler system for the sprinklers all different types of things can get those those pipes bouncing around. Um, most sprinkler systems will have some type of anti-siphon valve or backflow preventer that will keep that water going through it but not allowing it to pass backwards. Um, that also helps with, with those hammer hammering problems. Um, so that one would take a little bit of diagnostics, but the very first thing I would check is for high water
1: pressure. And in 10 seconds, can you explain what an air hammer is? An air
2: hammer is usually when high water pressure or water is moving through pipes really, really fast, and it causes things to shake, and people say it's an air hammer.
3: And he said, plumbing.
1: Frank has texted in in with a slab leak. We'll get to that. We also have Steve, Matt, uh, and John on the line. Before we get to them, uh, we're going to move now. If you got our weekly article that comes out in our newsletter on Thursdays, we go through all the different elements of plumbing to inspect, and what we're basically walking through, Brandon, this is y'all's VIP plumbing service. We basically are giving everyone a blueprint of what you're going to do if you come out and do a plumbing inspection.
2: Yeah, it's honestly just a small part of the VIP
1: program. Uh, is a plumbing inspection. Yeah, we couldn't put it all in only 800 words. Yeah, what <laughs> y'all yeah. are doing.
2: Yeah, there's so much to it, um, but that is definitely a, a big component of it. The other one is priority service. Um, everything is a priority you know we all take it for granted but once it's not there it's like oh my gosh i need it right i need help right now so being a part of that gets you that priority service that's a huge part or at least in my mind
1: and going uh, next from the water line we talked about the supply lines coming in the distribution points from the water heater out to the irrigation let's talk about before we get to actually you know you're talking first in last out before we get to actually running water most every plumbing fixture has a shutoff valve just before uh, you know coming out of the wall.
2: Yeah, so <clears throat> any faucet, toilet, RO drinking system, even the ice maker you mentioned earlier mentioned earlier for the refrigerator, they all have their own little isolation valve. Uh, those isolation valves are in case of an emergency. You can shut down just that one line or that fixture, so that way the rest of the home has working water, so it's not an emergency. Uh, That is part of our our inspection. When we go through the home, we make sure they're actually working with the owner's permission. Because if they haven't been touched in years, the last thing you want is anyone going in there and turning them on and off. Um, But they should be exercised regularly, just like anything, to make sure that hard water or even sometimes soft water, they haven't froze up. And they're in
1: working order when you need them. And somebody that could be a little bit more aggressive, you know, if, if that is rusted, shut, and especially on a gate valve, you could actually break the water line trying to shut it off and break it loose (laughs) yeah and then (laughs) then if you do that and it's before and you break it before the shutoff valve. Now you better know where the whole house shutoff valve is.
2: Exactly. We point all those things out to you, and that's one of our probably a, a big call on Saturdays. Is someone's been on the weekend or trying to put their new faucet in? They put the wrench on those valves underneath. They give it a good torque. Now that's spraying water everywhere. They they've worked five hours trying to get it done themselves, and then we're getting there at six thirty at night because we're like, oh my gosh, you know, he <laughs> you can't you can't get it done, and it's just overwhelming, and then it became an emergency. Again, that's all part of why we want to look at it first and make sure it's and working.
1: And that VIP uh, inspection, you know, that's uh, I- explain how that program works.
2: So the VIP program, uh, it is $19 a month, um, but there's so much added to it. It's not just the plumbing. It's the, the air side where we service the units uh, twice a year. Uh, the plumbing inspection is at your request. Uh, I know we had a couple callers about some drains. We actually will give um, a drain cleaning, one time drain cleaning every single year. Um, everything is, it, the big for me is the priority service. You know, everything's a priority once it goes down. No hot water, priority. Kitchen sink's not draining, priority. Air conditioning's not working in the middle of summer, priority, right? And everybody's busy. It doesn't matter what company. You are you're always busy, so but to everyone, it's a priority to them. So being a part of that program, you're able to get that priority service um, just because
1: you're part of that VIP program. And that's something that you can sign up uh, specifically through Day and Night uh, Air and Plumbing. Again, if you want to talk to them, I don't like doing this because Mm -hmm. if somebody's trying to call the show, uh, it's a different number than calling Day and Night Plumbing. So if you want to talk to Brandon today. 1-888-767-4348. That's one triple eight. Rosie for you. If you want to talk to Brandon during the week, uh, at Day and Night Plumbing six two three five. Excuse me, six two three four five 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 eight two five. Let's get to. I think it's John on line three. Is that correct? A fifteen hundred square foot home, water heaters thirty feet from the shower, and it just takes too long to get hot.
0: Yeah. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I, I just wondered if the, the house is, I think it was built in 1990. We've had it for 12 years. And, um, and maybe this is normal, but I, I don't, I don't know. I wondered if he had any idea. I mean, it, it literally, we, we get up in the morning, we, we, we turn the shower on full hot and then go brush our teeth or something because it's like, it's at least four or five minutes before it even starts to get warm and it's and the house isn't very big. And I just wondered if you had any ideas why that might be or if there's anything that we could do about it. And the, the hot water heater is only three or four years old. And I thought maybe when I when I replaced that, it would help. But it didn't make any difference at all. So I'm just, just curious if you guys had any ideas. Uh,
2: absolutely. I got all kinds of things running through my mind. Earlier, I had mentioned how the water pipes are kind of like a spider web, right? So that hot water is traveling quite a bit of distance. And it has to heat up. In the summertime, it's, it's you probably don't have as much a all night to
1: cool off. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. In the summertime, you probably don't have as big of a problem because everything is hot then. Um, but that water has to heat. It's heating the water, but it has to pass through all those lines, and you have to use up all that water. So we have a, a, an array of different pumps that will move that water around for you so you're not wasting that water. Um I'm, my mind's kind of blown on the imagining how much water you're actually wasting right now, you know, brushing your teeth with the shower going. Um, so you could save on your water bill, but you could also save some water. And that in Arizona is really, really important.
1: And we've had uh, one caller that says what they do, they have a five gallon bucket and it's a shower head that you can take off. He sets it down, fills up the bucket, and then uses the bucket to fill his toilet. And then uses that so he's not wasting water. I'm like, dude, just get a, re- a water recirculating pump. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> life that. that so life easier.
2: <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work.
1: So explain how a, a hot water recirculating pump works.
2: So some homes are pre-designed for it, so they work really, really fast. Um, and there's an external pump on the outside of the water heater. If you have a tankless water heater, those pumps are usually built into the water heater. Um but that external pump for his particular situation would move that hot water around in the system without the water being used, making it more readily available when you turn on the hot water. And you can add different valves throughout the house. So if you have a larger home, you can hit different parts of the house. So that way the whole house is getting almost an instantaneous hot water.
1: Now th- it's gonna be hard. I, and. You know, we, I don't like to talk about numbers on the air, especially because, you know, we have podcasts on our website that go back 20 years. So I, I don't like to put anything on it that dates it. But, I mean, for right now, 2023, recirculating pump, is he looking at a $200 investment, an $800 investment, a $1,200 investment? You,
2: you almost hit it right on the head. <laughs> uh, I would say a good recirculatory pump system installed would probably be around eight to $900 um, if your water heater's in good shape.
1: Yeah. Yeah, don't waste the money yeah. <laughs> if you've got a water heater about to die. Do the water heater first, then the pump afterwards.
2: Yes, and that's part of that inspe- inspection is looking at that heater, seeing if we're seeing signs of leakage.
1: Now, we talked about not wanting pictures, and I'm glad we did because Matt's next on the line, and he's got a drain issue that we're going to talk about. It's always getting plugged because of hair. It says his name's Matt, but judging by the problem he's having, it might it, it might be Sasquatch we're talking to. <laughs> Go,
0: Matt. No, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm begging for help from some fathers. It's not my hair. I've got daughters, and their shower gets clogged constantly. And so I'm hoping that just beseeching to some fathers who know plumbing, what can I do <laughs> to keep their bathtub drain from getting clogged with
2: hair? How often is it getting drained, and how old is the home?
0: Uh, the home it was built in the mid eighties. Um, and I'm I'm probably unclogging it about once a month. Oh wow.
2: And when you're unclogging it, are you using
0: a rooter style machine? A lot of, no, I'm using I'm using uh, needle nose pliers and just pulling out globs of hair. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for something particularly at the drain that can just catch hair before it you know, gets gets clogged in the, um, the cross piece of the, the actual drain itself.
2: Yeah, that that's a tough one. Um, other than creating a, a routine for everyone that's taking a shower, kind of wiping it up if they're losing that much hair. Um, I mean, as, as a service plumber, it would it would definitely be a, a rooter machine going down in there um, and, and then pulling that out. Your home's from the 80s, so it probably has a plastic piping. It shouldn't be stopping up once a month, even with a lot of girls. I have a lot of girls in my house, and, it's not stopping up once a month. Uh, It's more like once a year, and maybe that's all it really needs is a really good drain cleaning uh, with a good machine to get all of it out of there versus using just the needle nose, Um, and that would get you going for quite a while. Again, part of that VIP program is that we could give that one drain cleaning free every single year. Um, So that may keep you going once a year.
1: Well, hopefully that'll help you, Matt. Uh, I I feel your pain. It, it sounds like uh, Brandon, you've got the same issue as well. There's, uh, you know, plenty. I'm, I'm trying to count. You know, we have three daughters, but at any given time that with their friends and everything, there's usually six or seven of them lingering wow. around, and it's uh, the the struggle is real. We feel you, Matt. But uh, day and night, again, their number six two three four five 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 eight two five. Now y'all you, you work the entire Phoenix metro area. You've got uh, you, y'all have really uh, worked to build out your plumbing. I mean, when we started with Day and Night, uh, we were just talking this week, y'all had uh, four plumber technicians, and now you have 22?
2: Yes, 22 in the field. We're doing really, really well. Um, and you know, not to get off subject, but that's the culture of the company. The culture of the company is calling people to it, you know, people want to work here, you know, um, and and the great thing about it is, even though the company's growing, it's it doesn't feel like a, a bigger company. It just feels kind of like you're working with a bunch of friends. And we do a, the guys that are managing it are doing a really good job at uh, making sure the right person gets to the right job. You know, some people are really good at toilets, some people are really good at water heaters, right? Um, so, and some people like working on water heaters. Well, we want those guys to go to the water heaters because they like working on the water heaters. So, what's better than doing something? that you love every single day, you're going to get the best service possible because I love doing that specific thing, you know? So that's a really cool part of it. If you keep the the employees happy there, that gravitates out into our service, our work and to our customers.
1: Well, we appreciate you spending this Saturday with us here at Rosie on the house. As we're going through our inspection points that we're talking through here, we talked about water pressure with the call earlier. That's something you can check at the front of the house. If and. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but some homeowners insurance, if your water pressure is too high, it'll void the warranty on certain appliances or plumbing breaks inside the home. What, what would you like your plumbing pressure to be at? And if it's too high, how do you reduce that?
2: i like to see water pressure at around 55 pounds per square inch. Uh, that's a really good working pressure. People think they want to have a higher pressure because they like the really hard shower spray you can still get a good shower spray at 55 psi Um, water pressure is a lot like blood pressure it gets real high it's not supposed to be that high you don't know anything until you have a big problem right so the only way to regulate it would be a pressure regulating valve if you have one you can put a a gauge on there and you can adjust it fairly easily Um, if you don't have one you would have to have one installed so that way you could keep it in check
1: and those are generally, aren't they a little less out of an investment than your recirculating pump?
2: Uh, again, depends on the home, size of the pipe, all that other stuff. I would say it's close to the same, but a little bit less, yes.
1: Now, and to my knowledge, if we have the reverse problem where you are like 35 PSI, there's not a great solution to increasing that.
2: There's solutions out there. It's just very rare to see anything like that unless you're on the outskirts of town and you have like well water or something of that nature. Um, It's very rare to run into that, but there is solutions for that as well. Um, We just tend to see more higher water pressure. I mean, everyone knows that there's a lot of building and growth going on. The more building and growth, the more water volume they have to put into the pipes. In return, the more high
1: water pressure we get. The ins and outs of plumbing here at Rosie on the house with Brandon Williams, Service Plumbing Field Supervisor for Day and Night Plumbing and Air. Give me a head with hair
0: Long, beautiful hair Shining
4: and flax
0: and wax could not resist.
4: Shoulder length longer. Everywhere daddy
1: has One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. We have a couple more things on our plumbing inspection uh, checklist that we'll get to, but first, uh, Steve. Has got some old pipes. What to do? Great question. And our last talking point today, Steve, was being proactive, not reactive. So it's a good thing you're calling now. Uh, while I'm assuming nothing's leaking, nothing's running, uh, your, your drains are properly draining. So, you know, being it, – it's, it's much cheaper and easier to replace it before a problem happens. So you're, you're getting on it. Go ahead. So, uh, hi, thanks for
0: taking the call. We've got a house that built in the sixties, and I've been kind of doing repairs as I go type thing. And um, for example, you know, I go change the valve underneath the sink, and you turn it, and then the pipe crumbles in your hand. You know, the old galvanized pipe. And um, two proposals have been suggested, and I just want to know the merits. One of them is just to repipe the whole house using like flex line or something. And uh, the other thing is for the drain, there's a, some procedure I guess we can line the, the the, the uh, drain uh, to the street, you know, they either spray something or reline the uh, draining line. So both of those are two separate projects. What do you think for a house built in the 60s where the pipes are crumbling and the, uh, what's the best uh, suggestion?
2: Wow. <laughs> you, you've got a lot there. Um, if you've got galvanized piping for your water still, Um, yeah, you're, you're, I'm surprised that you still have it and it's still functioning. Uh, aquapex piping or pex piping, um, is a plastic tubing that's, it's widely used, uh, properly installed. It'll probably last just as long, if not longer than that galvanized pipe did for your home. Uh, drain lines, there's all kinds of different options, coating, lining, um, pipe bursting. There's a bunch of different ways to take care of the drains depending on your specific home. Um, but I would say, Let's have them evaluated. Um, if it's something you're, you're like, okay, let's do it all at once, that's great. If it's something where you're kind of planning and budgeting, you know, pick which one is more of a priority for your home. In my head, if you've got water pipes that are crumbling in your hand as you're touching them, that, that would be the priority right there, just because that's a potential of flooding out your home really fast.
3: And his question is, what should he do next? Steve, here's what we're going to do. Uh, t- how long have you listened to the show? Oh, twenty years maybe. Okay, Steve. Here's what we're gonna do. Romy is gonna pay for day and night to come out to your house and do a free whole house plumbing inspection, and then you're gonna get a good third party opinion of the status of everything. And I wouldn't do one thing until I got that opinion. So that's the next thing to do. We're we're uh, Romy's gonna pay for it, and. We're gonna have Brandon out or one of his reps out, and we're gonna do a whole house plumbing inspection, and then uh, then you'll have a game plan from there. Does that sound fair?
0: That sounds like a good
3: deal. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you for listing for twenty years. We appreciate it. Absolutely, thank and,
1: you. And part of that inspection, y'all are gonna do, you know, with today's technology, you know, some camera scoping down the drain so we can see, you know, the condition of uh, that they're in.
2: On this particular one, we're gonna we'll do the works absolutely. We're gonna take a look at everything
1: now. I and mean, then we lo- get a report.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He gets a report, but we want a report too.
2: Absolutely. I can put, send you some videos.
1: We'll okay. put it on the podcast page for this follow up, so anybody listening to this later can actually see, just like we'll do with Carla in the second segment. You know, a follow up to what it was once we're on site and what the solution was and and the completed project. And it's just the next step for every other homeowner with a fifty or sixty year old home. This
3: is the place to start. Yes, absolutely.
1: Now, we didn't get to, you know, we, we did talk water heaters a little bit. Uh, but let's, real quick, the difference between a tank heater and a tankless water heater.
2: Tank heater and a tankless water heater. The first big difference that everyone likes, the luxury part of it, is it's endless hot water when you have a tankless water heater because it's heating the water as it passes through it. Uh, so that's the biggest difference
1: And the then. Top. You're never paying to heat the water to sit in a tank waiting for you to use it.
2: Yes. So you're going to save, and they're 90, approximately 90% efficient, right? Versus a tank style heater, which is about 60% efficient. So you're saving all that money and keeping those heating costs down.
1: Now, uh, they've come a long way since they first hit the market. Uh, do you have the ability to heat if three or four or five water, you know, let's say I've got hot water running at the sink, I've got a hot water at the shower, and I'm doing a load of laundry. I mean, can a tankless water heater keep up with that demand?
2: Absolutely. Um, the new gas tankless water heaters are, are really, really efficient, especially when they're properly installed. They should be able to handle anything that you've got to throw at it. Um, if you've got a really, really big home and there's just even more four or five bathrooms, then you might be looking at having two of them in there. That particular house probably already has two tank-style heaters, so same, same process.
1: And... When you have that big of a home, and you, like you said, the, one of the reasons you have those two is obviously to meet demand. But like our caller earlier, he just had 1,500 square feet, and he had enough time to brush his teeth before the water got hot. Imagine how long that would take on a 5,000-square-foot home. So that's why you would see multiple water heaters throughout the house.
2: Yeah, and, and those tankless also have that research system built into them. So again, properly installed, you're saving water.
1: You want to get on the VIP program for day and night, give them a ring, 623 or just to have Brendan out for a plumbing inspection.